0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show here. And, uh, you know, normally I don't pre-title the episode, but uh, this one I did. So we're going to be talking all about uh, some some things I've learned over time and ways to become a better investor. But uh, first, I did want to uh, you know say a little bit about what's going on in the markets. We've got uh, some retail news out from uh, Home Depot, Target, Walmart, Lowe's, and uh, a little bit of that is good news uh, from Home Depot and Lowe's. And uh, then we had some decent news out of Walmart, which sent that one higher on Tuesday. And uh, lows, we are moving a little bit higher on Wednesday uh, from their quarter as well. And it says their uh, lows, they're moving higher despite comp decline and sales miss as focus remains on the bottom line. So they did have a little bit of a miss there. But uh, overall, the, uh, the quarter was pretty good. They had uh, just about a 03 percent decline in comparable sales. Uh I think that's quarter over quarter. And uh overall we're just uh I guess happy that the other uh, US consumer is still buying. The uh the reports are saying that it is uh less items that we're buying, but overall we are paying more for them, so we are still willing to spend uh where needed. I think Walmart did a little little bit better on the fact that they have more uh, consumer staples. Target did a little bit worse on the fact that they have 60 60 to 70% of their items are consumer discretionary. So we're still uh, focused on the items we really need. That apparel is still a little bit tougher to to sell right now. Uh, Walmart talked a little bit about uh, back to school as as well as Target. So hopefully both of those um, companies can do well through some of this buying that should happen for the back to school rush and then ultimately for the holidays so we'll we'll see where those go. I still think that uh, both of them, you know, on any weakness, I'm still looking to add to positions like these uh, as well as Home Depot and Lowe's. I still think that uh, housing is still an area where we're gonna need more of it. And ultimately, uh, I still think that Home Depot and Lowe's are going to be good, you know Home Depot more for the uh, the contractors Lowes, more for do it yourselfers. That's kind of the trend we've been seeing break out between those two. But uh, with that being said, you know, um, I guess we can get right into it. So this one is kind of uh, going with the how to not be a bad investor. Okay, so a little bit of uh, things that I've done over time, a little bit of mistakes that I've made, other things that I think other people have been scared out of the markets. Uh, you know, where where people have gotten burned or family members have gotten burned. And then they ultimately pass on the word like, hey, stay away from stocks or, you know, just mistakes you've made maybe. And then, uh, you know, selling uh, right at the worst part. And now everything's rallying back up and you're not in the market for these gains and you just have this bad taste left in your mouth. So first rule is uh, know what kind of investor you are. You know, I'm 35. I know that I have a long uh, time horizon in, in front of me. So I have a mixture. Uh, I do have some conservative stocks. I do have some gross stocks. Now, if you're gonna be one that's gonna be worried about the swings in the market, maybe you need to lean more into the conservative type names. Ones that, yeah, they they kind of mimic the P. You know, it was down 20%. And these are the kind of stocks that, you know, that's your their max tolerance for for any kind of pain could be that 20% drop. You might not want to be in those volatile names that have a higher beta. Uh, you know, one being the the normal S&P 500 average would be a one. Anything higher than that would be more risky. So that might not be where you want to uh, position yourself if you're looking into stocks like that. Uh, But as far as what type are you going to be a long term investor? Are you going to be a short term swing trader? Uh, Or, you know, you've got a, a time horizon where you've got an event coming up in five years, you're trying to take a trip or or buy a house or whatever you're looking to do, and you're trying to put some money aside for that. What what is the the money gonna be used for? Is it gonna be retirement money? Is it going to be money that you're trying to live off of? Uh, You know, if you wanna retire early and you need these dividends coming in on a monthly basis, you know, how much do you need? And all these fun things. So it all really depends on your need for your investment. Uh, And then going forward, you really need to know the plan that you have for an individual stock. So, you know, in some of the energy names that I'm in or, um, you know, some of the big blue chip names, McDonald's, Starbucks, Walmart, Target, you know, whatever those are, uh, I have a plan for those stocks. Uh, Those that are more of a core of my portfolio uh, tend to be a larger position for me. Now, some of them that I've talked about before are smaller positions. Um, you know, something like, uh, well, PayPal took a big hit. That was a larger position and I am still in that position End phase ran up massively. I didn't want that much. So I went ahead and trimmed it. We've talked about that. So you really need to have a plan as to what this stock is going to do for you. Is this going to be one that you're counting on the dividends? Is it going to be one that you're a long-term investor? Or, or, you know, what's your pain tolerance? If you want to limit that, you can set a limit order, sell limit, or even a a stop loss on how much you are willing to lose on any one position so you don't get this bad taste in your mouth of, you know, so-and-so lost 70% in this name and, you know, I don't ever want to touch the market again. Uh, So there's a lot of different ways to protect your money, even if you are in riskier stocks. But uh, then on the other side, when do you sell them? So that could be simply as I never sell them or, you know, I have a strict rule of, you know, 10% down, I sell 50% up, I sell. That's just, I trim it or, you know, cut my position down in half, whatever your plan is, write this down when you start a name. If you have a plan, you can follow the plan and then you will not get burned. I've seen a lot of times uh, where where people are following someone else's recommendation and then get upset when it doesn't go uh, the way that so and so said it was going to happen. So number three would uh, would be to do your own research. You know, like I said, if you have a recommendation from someone, I was a member of a one stock group online, and someone recommended a stock Versardis. Uh, might be saying that wrong. They had some clinical trial drug that was supposed to change something. I don't even really know. I know I put in some money, thinking, "Hey, you know, this one's got some good outlooks. Uh, you know, some drugs that are in the pipeline, working up." And ultimately, that drug ju- that drug did not meet uh, clinical trials, got turned down. Uh, the The stock went down drastically, and then it uh, got sold off to someone else. And it was just a bad uh, experience as far as what happened and why I got into it. And ultimately, I know that you do not want to do that. Uh, so I'm here to tell you that so you don't get burned the way I did. But if that was my only play, it would have been you know, pretty bad. It was down, uh, I don't even really remember. It's been years, but it was probably down 50, 60%. And I didn't know what I was gonna do with it versus now if a stock goes down, uh, I do have a plan. So if PayPal drops 50, 60, 70%, I know that I'm buying more because I am long PayPal versus this other name where I just did not have enough knowledge about it to even be in it, to even be trading it. I didn't have a, a, a foolproof plan of when to get out or even if I did make money on it. Uh, you know, Some of the analyst upside was 400%, 500%. And I thought, you know, this one is just a, a surefire bet that no one's catching on to. I'm going to jump in. And it was not. So don't always follow the analyst's uh, Upside or downside, their projections, anything like that. You need to know the company that you are getting into and how risky it might be. If this company's only got one product, uh, that's not even a uh, a surefire thing yet. Like this one was for me, it might not be a good long term position. It might mean that you need to check the news on this one every day, and if that is not something you are willing to do. You need to exit that position, or just not even start the position, because it will burn you eventually. Maybe you get lucky, but uh, overall, I think it's just a recipe for disaster. So, know your stocks, know your companies, and that leads me to the next thing. You don't want to have two hundred positions with you know hundred dollars in them. You want to have uh, stocks that you can follow uh, enough to. Actually, be a manager of your own stocks, and 200 is just too many to follow. It it really is to read through all the headlines every day or every week is just a whole lot of homework that I don't think most people are going to do. If you are, uh, you know, this is your full time job, or you're a trader, or a financial planner, this might not apply to you. But if you've got uh, a full plate already, you might not want to have uh, more than. 30, 40 stocks. That's a lot as it is. I have that many and that's a lot. A lot of people are really comfortable with about 25% in each or a variation thereof, but uh, you don't wanna have all of it into one name. Cause if you do, uh, sure, if it it works, it's gonna go great, you know, but uh, most of the time these small startups are very volatile, hard to time, and you really need to, Keep a close eye on everything, every possible thing that could go on in that company, out of that company, uh, other competition, you know, all these different factors that could make or break this one. So, uh, I definitely like to see a diversified approach. So, that means, like I said, if you uh, like to have a percentage of your portfolio, uh, five to maybe 10%, if you have 10 names you know, I don't really like to carry more than 5% of any one stock in my overall portfolio. So again, that's why I trimmed Enphase. Tesla is probably a little bit larger for me on that, but um, I don't really like to have more than 5%. So take that into account. And then, uh, you know, you also need to look at what else is going on in the market, in the industry, the macro economy, And understand if this is going to be a good play for those conditions. Uh, So, you know, right now we've got uh, different things going on around the world. Retail's tough. uh, Some financials a little bit tougher than we thought it was going to be. But, you know, we've got uh, the CHIPS Act rolling up. We've got uh, some different alternate energy rolling up. And we can sometimes play those trends. But uh, you don't want to be getting into something specifically on what a trend is and then that trend change and you are, you know, left high and dry with a stock that isn't really in favor to what the market wants at that point in time. So if you are looking to get in these, you really want to pick your battles. You want to watch what the charts are doing. Uh, You know, if if Enphase just ran up 70 percent in the last two months like it did you might not want to start a position right now. It's run quite a ways. Uh, So you might want to wait for a company to cool. So now, again, if someone starts a position in one of these companies that just had this 70 or 80% run, or even Bed Bath & Beyond that's up 300% in the last two weeks, you might want to really take note of, you know, you're playing with fire. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, you've got uh, short sellers, you've got the longs, You've got you know all the hedge funds, but now you've also got management problems. Um, maybe not even problems, but if they issue another uh, you know a share or another round of funding for more stock shares, they're going to push all these new shares in the market, sending the price down because all these short sellers are going to buy the cheap shares in order to cover. Uh, so you really need to understand that there's more forces at play than just you know. Um, this company or this product there's you know all these other traders hedge funds, business people that are looking to do something with these uh, these swings in these markets and you really need to be aware of all these different movements and sometimes it's just too much If you didn't know what's going on in that or you don't know why a stock is running up uh, sometimes it's got nothing to do with the company and a lot to do with the uh, the trading side of the uh, of the market. So just because one company has a great product doesn't mean it's a great investment at that given point in time, doesn't mean that it's even going to be investable. Uh, You know, there's been some, a lot of IPOs and uh, SPAC mergers that have run up significantly just to get uh, pummeled when, uh, you know, people are selling out of their positions that, uh, you know, once that the lockup period expires where the, the people that are working there or the early investors can actually sell their shares, then they dump those shares, and you're left holding uh, you know, worthless pieces of paper, more or less, from the fact that you bought at the wrong time. So know your entry points, know your exit points, and also try to be aware of what the market's doing, the short interest, and you know all those different macro trends that we've been talking about in order to not get burned. And uh, sometimes we really just need to take a deep look and understand what this stock is, where it's going, and uh, ultimately where it's coming and what moves, you know, what moves that company. Sometimes it's earnings or sometimes it's uh, the the forecast, but other times it has nothing to do with that. And even if they report a weaker than expected quarter, um, but they've already been beat down, they don't have as much room to go down anymore. So they they might trade a little bit sideways. And sometimes they might even rally on a you know, not so great quarter just on the fact that people think, you know, the next three months or six months is going to really uh, rebound and move higher. Uh, I kind of thought that same thing was going to happen with Target just yesterday when uh, Walmart reported and they had a good quarter. Target rallied up about 4%. Now, today on Wednesday, Target comes out and they missed the quarter and they're down. Uh, let's take a look here just for argument's sake they're down two and a half percent. So where I thought that target was going to be rally mode today as well, uh, especially after the last quarter, uh, they are down. But uh, even just yesterday, the market thought that they were going to go up just based on the fact that Walmart had a good quarter. People thought that, you know, target the direct uh, competitor might have the same kind of results, but that didn't happen. So what happens in one stock? Might not directly relate to the next one. Sometimes it does, oftentimes it does, but we really need to be picky about trading around earnings as well. Uh, So look at all these different things, try to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And uh, sometimes I'm even bad at checking uh, the earnings before I, you know, average down in a position, say uh, like PayPal. I went ahead and averaged down and I, you know, wasn't really paying attention to the earnings call. Or the earnings release date. So you just got to put all of it together and then become a uh, disciplined investor that's going to average into these positions. So if you've got a lot of homework into any one name or any one sector, um, you know, maybe if you buy, uh, I don't know, even if you go monthly buys on a stock or quarterly, that is a much better way to not get burned off of a bad. News article or um, good earnings, bad earnings, any of those different factors I'm talking about here, that can certainly be a way that prevents you from getting beat up in the market. So, by dollar cost averaging, you're going to build a position over a longer term. And, um, you know, instead of putting all that money into one name at one time, uh, you know, if you would have bought Target, you need. I guess about four months ago, you'd be down very significantly just off of that one earnings report that beat them so bad. And uh, what was that in May? You know, they were trading around 182, and then they ultimately dropped down to uh, about one, I'm looking at the the five day, sorry, I'm on the wrong <laughs> wrong chart. They were trading around 241, and then dropped all the way down to 156. So that is quite a big drop uh, over that short amount of time for a company that is as big as Target. So even some of these big companies, uh, they do have missteps. They aren't always foolproof. But uh, if you did buy at that 200 level, you know, back in April, that around 250, and then you waited until the after the earnings, you would have cut your losses in half by simply just buying in uh, tranches of, you know, if you are putting in 50% and then 50%, you would have cut that loss by half and you would already be up uh, about $22 from those lows. So yes, it did rebound. I do expect it to rebound more, but I also don't want you to see you get uh, beat up by only having a position at $250 and now it's uh, about $70 lower. So take all that into account. Understand that there is always a better way and I don't have all the answers, but uh, I am trying to look out for those that are getting started, even the people that have been invested and uh, ultimately just have a plan for what you're going to do. It is just crucial and critical to the fact of uh, a long standing in the market and really knowing where you're going with this money. Uh, Like I said, I do have a long-term plan for a lot of my stocks that are paying me dividends. I do have a different plan for smaller speculative stocks that are more in that growth mode. I don't want to uh, confuse the two. I do know that uh, I want to see my dividends roll up nicely to where in 15, 20 years, I can live off my dividends if I have to. Uh, Could probably be there sooner, but a lot of my money is tied up into these growth stocks, knowing that when they get to where I want them, Uh, I will probably trim them down and reinvest into some more dividend names that are ultimately going to allow me to take the fruit off of the tree, but not chop down the tree. You know, Where if you're specifically in growth stocks, you have to sell all your stocks or a a good portion of your stocks if you're trying to live off of that money. Where if you are in dividend names, you're going to be in a position where you can just live off of those those fruits of your investments. for the foreseeable future, if you're in the right dividend names, the ones that have been uh, increasing their dividends for you know several years, uh, we're looking at dividend kings, dividend aristocrats, even you know any of the the noble stocks. N O B L is a ticker for an ETF that will uh, ultimately invest in those companies that pay a rising dividend uh, every year. That's what this fund looks at. So that could be a good way to look too. And if you don't want to do all this homework, you don't want to check all these funds, you can easily invest into an ETF that mimics either the Dow, the S and P, uh, whatever it is that you're looking to, uh, you know, basically invest in. You can invest in that through a lot of different predetermined ETFs that are out there. They're going to allow you to diversify quite a bit easier. They're also going to, uh, you know, really limit your losses. By the fact that you're invested in a lot of different names, simply by buying one ETF or even a couple different ETFs, uh, so that is another viable option for those that don't want to do the homework and don't want to uh, have that volatility of single stock exposure. So consider that also. You can still set uh, stop lots, uh, stop lots, stop losses, or uh, limit orders on these as well, in order to really uh, you know, not participate in some of those massive drops. Uh, you know, if you're in VOO, you could have set a stop loss at 10% or, you know, simply take 10% off of the current trading price and go ahead and sell if there is a lot of uh, volatility out there and it does go tumbling down. Uh, so another way that you could have protected yourself. But uh, ultimately, I think if you're in the SP 500, it would be a wise play just to add more if it does go ahead and drop. As we never really know when it's gonna rebound, we were trading at 441 on VOO uh, as recent as January. We dropped to 334 in, uh, in the middle of June, and now we are trading at 392. So we've already come up about uh, 60 points from those lows in about two months. And uh, I think it would have been really hard to time that low perfectly, uh, especially if you had a stop loss from 440 would have sold around $44 lower. So right around where we are right now. And then, you know, you would have had uh, you you could have perfectly timed it and bought at 334. But I doubt that would have happened. Uh, So ultimately, I think the long term ride on an ETF that is a broad market is probably a smart play. But it really depends on what works for you. And I really want you to sit down and come up with a plan that is going to serve you and your financial goals to the best that we can set it. And that way we are well protected going forward. And uh, with that being said, I was kind of a long winded rant. I will go ahead and take a break. We will be right back and we're going to talk a little bit more about some stocks that are catching my eye and also the investing challenge for, what are we on? Week 34, I believe it is. So I will be right back and we will talk then. All right, we are back and thank you very much for being here. It does mean the world to me that uh, you are sharing in this podcast with me. I hope that you are learning a lot. Uh, I hope that uh, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and ask them either on Spotify or Anchor, uh, Facebook on the Let It Grow Investing page. Or uh, however you choose to get a hold of me, uh, I would love to cover those questions for you and hopefully give you some answers uh, and probably do a little bit of research myself. So uh, go ahead and reach out those ways. Uh, as always, I do appreciate your likes, uh, subscribes, and shares. It does really mean the world uh, to build out a community of like minded investors and uh, ultimately get to that uh, level of financial freedom we're all striving for. Uh, so I really appreciate it. And then uh, if you are looking to uh, help support the podcast, you can do that over there at anchor.fm slash let it grow. And you can contribute as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, It is a free podcast. It is a free page to join. There are no fees. There is none of that. So I do greatly appreciate it. uh, If you do decide to contribute, Um, it it certainly does help a lot. But uh, that being said, um, you know, we've got the, uh, the let it grow investing challenge. We are on to week 34. I said week 34 and I was right. Go ahead and believe that one. Uh, so this week we added MPW to uh, week 33 and, um, that one, I haven't quite checked on how that one's doing, but overall the, the Weeble portfolio where we are buying fractional shares has been uh, been rolling up really nicely and I got my new phone and I'm not even signed into it yet can you believe that uh, but that being said I know we were down about two percent coming from a drop of down about 25 percent we have really recovered a lot of ground uh, so that one is you know really doing nice I think the last couple months of the year are really gonna pull up nicely also and hopefully we can recoup all the losses and move on ahead as we've been buying the dip throughout the year. And uh, you know this is a uh, rare occurrence to have a a market that sells off this bad. Uh, It was the worst start to the year for I believe the S&P 500 in 40 years. And uh, ultimately we're coming off a lot of those lows now and we're moving up nicely. And as I said, a lot of these companies have really had a massive run. So we're really trying to find those companies that haven't really participated in the rally quite yet and uh, capitalize on those going forward. Uh, You know, some of the stocks have really rallied, but they're still not back to where they were when you look at it as a percentage. Uh, You know, PayPal being up, you know, 30 or 40% in the last two months. Uh, Like I said, Enphase, Amazon up, you know, 70%, 40%. They're definitely in that rally mode. And we really want to, try to not get uh, that fomo and we don't want to buy into a lot of these rallies uh, when it is coming a little too late we oh, I personally want to wait for these to come down a little bit back to earth and go ahead and uh, take those baby steps and trying to instead of trying to chase the uh, the massive runs but um so this week we've got uh, five different stocks we've always got five different stocks Uh, And a lot of them are a little bit relevant to what's going on out there right now. We've got Micron, ticker is MU. It is a chip play and they are getting some money from the government to build a foundry and ultimately, uh, you know, have the U.S. economy not reliant on Taiwan for their chips. Uh, So that first one is MU. Number two is Intuit, Uh, you know, with the 87,000 new IRS agents, uh, TurboTax should be uh, you know, kind of humming along. I'm sure more people are going to be leaning on technology rather than trying to do stuff themselves. So I'm thinking a company like TurboTax, especially with all the people looking to do freelance work or start a small business. Uh, QuickBooks, another one of the products that I use regularly. I've been a, a paying customer of that one for quite a few years. Uh, I do think that a lot of people are going to lean on technology like that in order to do Uh, run their business and get their taxes done. So I thought Intuit might be a good pick. Uh, Number three was NVIDIA. Now this one was at week one loser from the investing challenge where we dropped, oh man, 40% probably on that one. Uh, I do think that NVIDIA is going to come back. And uh, overall, I just know that I want to be a long-term investor in NVIDIA, for all the different things that they are invested in, whether it be cloud or gaming, crypto, uh, self-driving, autonomous, just all these different areas that they're in right now, I want to be invested. Uh, So that one is NVDA, NVIDIA, that's number three. Number four, plug power. Ticker is plug, P-L-U-G, a uh, hydrogen, and uh, they also do a little bit of hybrid between electric and hydrogen, uh, different power plants. And I do think that that could be another alternative to that commercial space for vehicles that we really haven't tapped into yet. I don't see that, uh, you know, any of the smaller trucks that have been out there thus far have really replaced uh, the use of trucks that are gas powered or diesel powered. Uh, I know that I haven't seen that in my applications and my uses. If uh, we get a snowstorm, I need to be running all night. Or all day until the storm is cleaned up, I cannot sit around and wait for an electric vehicle to charge. Uh, And, you know, a lot of times in those snowstorms, you're going to have, you know, the power grid or electric grid go down. And then what do I do? You know, I'd still be out of luck. So hopefully a company like Plug Power that is coming up with these cleaner uh, hydrogen power plants could be a way to solve that problem. Uh, So that's number four. And then number five is Neo. It's the uh, the Chinese EV maker. Uh, ticker is NIO. They do have the battery swap, um, where you know you can drop a battery, swap it in about three minutes, and be on your way. Uh, so probably about the equivalent of uh, filling up a tank of gas. You pull in, it drops the. Uh, it's automated. Drops the battery, reinserts a new one, and you are on your way. They've also got a lot of different cars coming out. They've got some really nice SUVs. Uh, they are more in that luxury space. I do think that they're going to do well, and uh, ultimately, I think they're probably going to have that that mass market share in China, uh, just from a lot of the different ways that they are set up. They're having these charging st- or battery swap stations, not charging stations, uh, installed in more and more places, and ultimately, I think that is a very smart. Uh, platform to kind of run on they are more limited for space over there not as many people have garages or designated uh, charging areas so this uh this battery swap station and you also own your battery Uh, you can buy just the car and already own your battery so that saves a lot of money and also keeps people buying the same type of vehicle buying more neo vehicles going forward as you already basically have that battery Uh, so that is another benefit to, to Neo vehicles. So those are the five that uh, are up for this week. Micron, Intuit, NVIDIA, Plug Power, and Neo. Now, going forward, I told you guys that I was buying a little bit more. I did go ahead and buy some this week. And uh, let me pull up my orders here on E-Trade. If you do need a link to get started, I have links in the description for E-Trade, Crypto.com, Binance, and Weeble. And uh, this week I bought a little bit more I did buy some more PayPal. I kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier, bought some more Starbucks. Um, That one I still think is going to do well. Um, With a lot of those problems in China being locked down and all, I still think that the the Starbucks business should be rolling up nicely. Uh, I know they came out and said that they are raising the price on the pumpkin spice latte for all you latte lovers. It's up about 80 cents. Uh, And then one thought that i had was i don't even know that the people that are going to starbucks are really paying attention to what they're paying and i do think that is a major benefit uh to for a lot of that kind of frivolous spending the people that are going to go there are still going to go there they're paying with apple pay google pay swipe your credit card don't even look at it you just want what you want and i do think that is helpful to the the starbucks economy but then uh the last one that i bought uh, just today was uh, Meta, or Facebook. It goes by ticker Meta, M-E-T-A. I did buy some more of that. Um, I know that one's probably a little bit... Con- uh, not, not conversational, sorry. Uh, probably a little bit hard for some people to wrap their heads around. But uh, at, a t- uh, at a PE of 14.8, I do think that this one is getting cheap. Uh, it has been beat down. And ultimately, I wanted to average down on this position. So I did go ahead and add a little bit more. And I do think that long-term, it will be fine. Uh, right now, it is going through that pain. But uh, this is why I'm buying a little bit at a time. I'm not you know, putting in you know hundreds of shares or even tens of 20s of shares. I'm buying like two or three at a time and letting uh, this price come down to where uh, I do think that it's just getting way too cheap. And as a uh, growth story, I still do think that they have a lot left to give. The uh, The advertising budget, the, uh, the future of the metaverse is probably a long way out. I know they kind of pulled back from some of that growth plans in the metaverse, but I do think that that could be another driver for them. Uh, so one that I definitely do like, I'm still looking to add some more Google. Um, you know, I just got that new Google Pixel 6a. I do like that. Their new headphones are uh, great. Uh, I normally don't like in-ear headphones, but these actually stay in your ears. And, uh, I'm still really happy with my Google products. I know the, the Apple people out there might disagree, but I do think that Google is, uh, is great. Um, and they still got about 18% upside. So that one is definitely one that I'm watching and I will probably buy some more there. Uh, Apple, I am n- not buying right now. Uh, this one, I still do think that it's it's really running away from, I mean, this this chart is just massive, came up from 135 in June to about 175 right now. This PE is getting just a little too stretched for me at 28 and a half times. So that is getting a little worrisome. It's at a 0.53 uh, dividend, so not much there. And the analyst upside is, uh, is limited at four and a half percent. And uh I do think that'll probably retest uh some of those highs, possibly break through, but I know they do have a ceiling around 193. Uh the high back in January was 82, 182, but uh talking to some people and listening to some uh Fibonacci, you know, market traders, chart watchers, 193 was that level that they're really gonna have a lot of resistance at. So I'm definitely watching that. Um, uh, you know, if you've got some of these speculative positions that have really run up, you know, 50, 60% in the last two months, it could be a good time to t- trim those positions, roll into some other ones that uh, might be a little bit safer and, uh, try to keep that, uh, that train rolling along. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, I hope that, uh, some of these, uh, things to be a better investor really, uh, resonate with you. And that if you got any questions, feel free to reach out, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm really just, you know, pulling for you and hoping that you guys are uh, learning something here and ultimately becoming better investors by sticking around and listening to what's going on and following along with what's going on out there in the market. So thank you guys. And I will catch you in the next one. Take care.